Call me Tim. Every week I try to time it out, and sometimes I do, and sometimes I don't. <laughs> uh, I have a special guest today on Some Call Me Tim, Justin Gomes Sharp. Hello. Hi. I love that you've hyphenated your name with your marriage. Oh, thank you. I I love it too. Think that that is so progressive and awesome, and that you were the guy, and you. You didn't have to do usually. Anyways, I really I, I like Katie. That. I mean, Katie didn't want to change her name at first, and I was like, "That's cool. I totally respect that." And I was like, "I don't want to change our your name, but I think it would be cool if like we had the same name. So why not?" Like, it's so cool. And she was like, "That sounds really cool." And I, was like, I, I was married years and years ago, and he wanted me to change my name, and I didn't because I had been in theater, and I was like, "My name is Pam Benjamin, and people know me as that, and I don't want to be." Pamela Ray. Plus, I feel like Pam Ray sounded weird. But I said, I will change my name to Pam Benjamin Ray officially if you change your name to Austin or Keith Benjamin Ray. So, but we'd take it as we take, you take my last name as your middle name and I'd take my last name as my middle name and then I'd switch. So we'd both be making a switch. Yeah. And I thought that that was fair. And he's like, nah, I don't want to do that. And I was like, well, then I'm not changing my name. There you go. So I just didn't. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, but I knew, I knew at the beginning, I didn't want to get married anyways. I knew that we were going to get divorced eventually. So I didn't even want to ever get married. Just like pre-planning. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's a big deal, but it was, we were together for 13 years and, and it was, that was lovely and nice and everything. But yeah. I knew at the time even, I don't think I'm going to be with this person forever. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, hey, it's Some Call Me Tim, where we talk about God talking. I guess marriage is a construct of somehow God and talk to but usually i have people look deep into the eyes of sparkle jesus here and i hey, ask, sparkle jesus i remember you <laughs> do, do you believe in jesus no oh, no i mean do i believe that there was a uh, middle eastern uh, person named jesus yeah. yeah same way i do believe uh, that shakespeare was a real person there's just there's just too much counter to the point like at this point you know, but the legend that has grown around him is right. larger than what it is am i am i christian no no okay no but and I believe that whole Shakespeare stuff, too. That was probably a conglomeration of writers, many writers, maybe. Maybe oh, Christopher I mean, Marlowe and a bunch of dudes. I don't think it was Marlowe. I think it was mostly him. But then, you know, they published everything after he died, right? Like the, right. the third folio was like well after he died. And it was mostly, yeah, his homies in, in the crew who were publishing it to make money because there was no such thing as like a trademark back then. Oh. So like while they were doing the shows, people would come watch the show and literally write it down and they would take it back to the printer, print that shit and start selling it around. They'd, you could go buy pamphlets huh. of Shakespeare's shows in London while they were running. But these were, you know, hearsay and they're like, you know, and it also could have just been that's the performance that they did that night. That is an incredible idea. Yeah. For a show or something to take, I mean, <coughs> to go and watch a movie and write down your personal account and then do it somewhere else or something. That's just, I guess that would be copyright. I just, it's just, yeah, because we have copyright. We have trademarks and all funny, that nowadays. But like right. back then, yeah. And also, you know, like they didn't really have 
scripts. Right. Like the actors weren't <gasps> saying the same lines. But every then why night. all that iambic pentameter bullshit? Why? Because they we... wrote it. That's and so they did. They did have like they you know they have the royalty speak in that form in the plays to like denote their status. Mm. But also like we don't know what was actually said on stage. Right. Right. This is a crew of like 15 dudes who have been working together for, you know, 30 years. And you're, like, su- you're supposing that improv started with Shakespeare. Well, I'm not saying it started with Shakespeare, but I'm but saying was, they, they were verily, they had to have been. Verily, they did. <laughs> they had to have been. They had to have improvised. You can't do uh, that many plays on the reg and have them memorized. I. That's what I always thought. I mean, even we had to do... Um, in college, I had to take this Shakespeare class, and he chose Julius Caesar as the thing that we were going to perform. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't ever memorize the lines. I couldn't get it. It was just like... It's dense. It was so... There's so much to do. Like, this is what it... This is what you're saying. Here are the words that you're actually saying, but this are, this, this is what those words mean. And then you have to learn the words. It's like a, se- it's like a separate language. It's like... It is. It's like performing in Swedish or something. I uh, I almost majored in it. Katie actually, my wife, uh, won't let me do plays anymore because of how much work I put into doing Shakespeare and stuff like that. Like when I show up, like wow. I have like I when I when I if I so if I was casted into play like right now, sure. uh, Shakespeare show, I would show up to the first rehearsal with probably six books. Like, but, like you're your own dramaturg. Yeah, yeah. No, and you, you you have to be. You have to be because like right. there's so much context like behind the word. And sure, you know, the director, the modern day director wants to do whatever they're going to do with the play and they have their own vision and their own message they're trying to get out. But it's like, that's cool. But, you know, that one scene that we think is dick jokes. Yeah, it's dick jokes, but it's actually dick jokes about the mayor of London in 1588 or whatever, you know, sure, like, sure. and it's like, we're, there's like an extra level of nuance that you can discover if you like study it. It's like, like what are people going to think about Conan O'Brien, you know, 300 years from now? Uh, will they think he's Shakespeare? Probably not. Right? <laughs> wow. We got from Jesus to Shakespeare. Yeah, that was, quick yeah that was a quick no, that's dip. Yeah, that's good. Um, were you raised in any particularly religious context? Oh, Catholic. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I didn't go to catechism, but every a lot of people I knew did. I also oh. grew up in a Mormon town. What? So like, I was like raised Catholic. And then when I got to high school, you know, through theater and choir, a huge portion of my friends were Mormon, devout Ooh. Mormons. So uh, lots of kids. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Lots of kids. Lots of money. Um, lots of morality. Kind of. I mean, the more it was mostly farming families. Like oh. old. Some of them might have been wealthy in the sense that yeah, their family owned a store, okay. which was like huge in town or something like that. You know right. what I mean? But like, I wouldn't say any of them were like inherently wealthy. No. Okay. Where you're like from Iowa or some? Uh, shit? No, uh, two hours east of here. Oh, Brentwood. You, you made it sound like this is strange cow town. Of like, well, they're mostly farmers. It was. Dude, when I was born, there was 5,000 people there. And now there's like 60,000 people there. That's, so. a, that's a pretty big explosion. Yeah, it was. We were one of the suburbs that blew up. Basically, it was like all orchards. And then as I grew up, all those orchards turned into houses. Wow. Yeah. It's just expansionism in California because it's so pretty here. Yeah. All that's left is corn. That's where everybody gets their corn. It's from Brentwood. Wow. For their corn syrup. Or no, no just corn, for I corn. If, yeah, if you go to the store, you're going to go buy corn to eat. Like, if you're on the West Coast, it's probably it's from probably Brentwood. Probably corn, all right. Exciting stuff. Oh, yeah. So, 
Catholic, not not like, but like prayers before meals or like uh, Easter if Bunny. If we were Catholic. with my grandfather, or like you know, we'd yeah Easter Bunny, right? You go to Easter. church for Christmas and Easter until you're like ten or eleven, and then we quit doing that. And uh, after that, I was pretty much. I mean, my parents are very Christian, but like, but you weren't particularly shaped by a higher power. Like you wouldn't. T- I mean, how much of your who you are today would you attribute to the morality that was instilled in you during your youth? I mean, the, my, the morality that was instilled probably wasn't from the church, I would say. Oh. You know, my, my dad was a, a, a police officer. Oh. So I had a very, I had like, I had, I had like a moral really? figure in the home, so to speak. And, uh, you know, with a strong sense of justice. And Do you right trust around. police now? Yeah. How do you feel about, I mean, you grew up with a police officer yeah. as a dad. Yeah. And your dad, I'm sure you're a very nice guy. I'm sure that your dad is like a fabulous human being. Yeah. But... There's like this huge stigma now upon police. There's a lot of bad cops out there. You know, it's it's easier to be a police officer in some areas than it is to join the Navy. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it goes both ways. You know, it's a tough thing. Do do I think that society needs police to function? Yes. Ah. Uh, you know, I, I'm not an anarchist, although I am definitely a socialist and far oh. left. But like... Uh, you know, at the same time that there are cops, I think there need to be cops who arrest cops. Ooh. You know, I'm a, my dad did a lot of that. He's like... Uh, a cop cop. Yeah, a cop cop. Wow. Uh, you know, and like... And, you know, that kind of stuff happens all the time. We just don't hear about it. Right. You know, we don't really hear about when a cop gets busted by internal affairs because oh, there's the they don't want people to know that shit. Right. They don't want people to know that there's crooked cops. And the only time sure. we hear about crooked cops is when they're fucking blasting people in the street for no reason. Like oh, fucking... It's the movies. I mean, we only hear about it in the movies, crooked cops. Yeah, exactly. Like, you it's... don't hear about it in reality. Right. And no, dude, yeah. it's years every later. day there's cops getting arrested by other cops in the United States. Wow. And that's really interesting. Some people should talk about cop on cop crime. Um, that's 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 crazy to me that your dad your dad was a cop no that uh, i had a thought and then it went away but it's about trusting police officers and yeah do i inherently trust them no i don't think anybody who seeks power over another person uh as their vocation is inherently trustworthy at all Mm. uh i don't think anybody who's i think carrying a gun is a burden Sure. And it should be treated as such. And I think anybody who is willing to take that burden is inherently untrustworthy in some ways. What about your dad? I mean, yeah, my dad was a good guy, but he has faults, flaws. And I'm sure he did some, you know, stupid cop stuff. Who knows? You know, I don't hear those stories. Sure. I hear the, the cool stories about him like arresting other cops or like they did. uh, So he worked for Bart for 25 years. Wow. A long time ago. And like, you know, they did, they would do cool. He was like on a vice squad. Oh, so they would like, uh, there was a huge, uh, problem with people robbing and, uh, assaulting homeless people that were sleeping in the BART stations. Oh, they protected them. That's so sweet. So what the cops would do is they would dress up like homeless people and plant themselves to catch these people. And he's like, oh yeah, people would come up and just start kicking us for no reason. And then it's, it's And then they dawn off their, they're like, no, I'm a police officer. (laughs) And they're just like, how fucked up of a person do you have to be to go attack a homeless person? When they kick someone when they're down, they're they're literally down. The downest of downs. Yeah, and then ended to kick them, that's terrible. You know, and it's like, there are, you know, for every bad cop, there is a cop out there who's like, 
honestly trying to be a white knight or you know so right there, that there's there's an altruistic sense of why yeah. one would become a cop now d- will he maybe let his buddy off of a parking ticket and stuff like that sometimes probably, probably. is that crooked crop shit yeah dude it's right it's not right up there with killing somebody but that is you're you're abusing the law at that point and are people gonna do that all the time I think, though, that they must have an acceptable quota for that kind of stuff. Just like I work in a kitchen and I can't give everyone free food, but I've got a comp list of like, you know, if I want to give away a burger, I'm that is my right to they have, no one has a problem with that. I yeah. just press it into the computer. I comped yeah. it. No big deal. It's got to be the same way. It's like be. you've got a couple comps, you know, like, well, you know. Because they get to make those decisions of the, what they want to, how they want to apply the law in and the context. The idea of having quotas is insane. Like the whole thing in New York with the stop and frisk quotas, oh. like, just disgusting. Like that's negative policing, right? Well, and if that's, you had one joint, you could get in a lot of trouble. Yeah. And like I always. Go to fucking have, Rikers, dude. Yeah. I have weed on me all the time. Yeah. I, so it's I, weird living it's, in a bubble here, right? right? And every time you visit somewhere else, I'm like on the street smoking and people are just aghast. Whoa, like, yeah, yeah. Are you trying to go to prison right now? When I was in Indiana last um, Thanksgiving doing some comedy with Poji, we were very, very secretive about like all of it flying it in, having it there, yeah. like what we were doing, how we how we disposed of it in the house because we were staying in the comedy condo, like all that kind of stuff. You can't be casual about it. Yeah, it was like in hidden drawers and like, yeah, there wasn't, I guess it's really illegal there still. It's crazy. I was like, ah! So one more thing on cops. You're right about this strata of people, people are always going to police each other because even right now, super close to Piano Fight, uh, right around the corner is 180 Jones and it's this uh, city owned parking lot and they've got a fence around it and people have cut a hole in the fence and they're all sort of living there. Yep. And I was down there the other day helping pick up garbage and they're trying to create a safe, organized space and it's this political thing, whatever. And they had a dispute and one guy, this one guy sort of like the homeless cop guy. He's the, and he had different weapons that he was sort of brandishing and he was keeping the peace in on this corner, this square. And it was crazy to watch because there was like, Every society has its own form of justice yeah. and the ways that they dispense that justice and how they keep. And so these are the most unpredictable people in the world yeah. and the unpredictable are keeping the unpredictable predictable. So I was like, that's sort of what we, why we have police around is like, don't do anything. Keep your behavior predictable because otherwise you scare people. Yeah. And when you scare people, that's when they're like, somebody help me. And there's gotta be someone to help you. Yep. I, I, I think if we were going to fix the police problems in our country, we need to seriously raise the bar and, you know, the compensation sure. to match for what it takes to become a police officer. I think, uh, you know, I'm also a big fan of like mandatory civic service Ooh. like other countries do. Like, you know, from the age of like 18 to 24, everybody's a piece of shit. So, yeah work for the fire or you know the police or like build roads for two years right and like learn some real skills sure don't give guns to those cops no 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 yeah give Uh guns to the cops that have degrees and also like they don't even have mandatory accuracy tests at a lot of these police departments it blows my mind that you can give somebody a gun 
and you aren't testing them every year for accuracy and stuff like that. You wow. know, some cities and stuff do that, but it's not like it's, a national policy. Like that should absolutely be a national policy because if you're going to have a gun and you don't have accuracy, you could shoot that child or yeah, by accident, somebody the, behind. Yeah. I always think about that. Like living in a big, actually I was thinking apocalyptically last night when I was going to bed and I thought, where I am with my outward facing windows, that would be really scary in a wartime because like stray bullets could just yeah. like go right through the building. It doesn't even have to be a wartime. Window. It could just be a, in a bad neighborhood in Chicago or something like that. And just a bullet goes, kills a child in bed just because yeah. they've pew, pew, went the wrong way. Well, I don't, do you have a problem with guns? You don't have a problem with guns. Oh no, I'm all for them. Uh, I think it should be harder to own them. <laughs> But I think everybody, for the most part, should be allowed to own them. I think also, like cops, if you want to own a gun, you should take yearly accuracy tests. Yeah, yeah. I think you should let the police into your home and make sure you have a safe place to store sure. a weapon and ammunition. Right. It's just like they do in Japan and in England. Yeah. yeah. You like a lockbox. If you want to own a gun, you need a a reason. And sure, if fun is one of those reasons, chill. Yeah. But like you need to have like, you need, you know what I mean? Like, but you then, to, yeah, like, it's like you're going down to the local gun range yeah. and you've got your correct equipment and yeah. your eyeglasses and your head things and you're shooting your gun because it's fun. Yeah, that's fine. That's totally fine. I think yeah. people should be allowed to do that or hunting or even self-protection. But I think it should be uh, regulated. <laughs> well, yeah. And with the hunting, too, like you got to wear a big orange hat and you have to wear a thingy that says, I'm not a deer. You can't like have people running around willy nilly in the forest. I got tons of friends that are like more pro gun than I am. And they hate California for for all of our restrictive laws. But it's like, you know, at the same time, dude, if it if it's if it just makes it harder for one other person, that's chill to me. Yeah. Like. All it's doing is making it harder. As long as it's not impossible, yeah, I'm I'm happy with it. Go through the hoops. Go through the hoops. Do you know why Californians can't have guns? Because the fucking Black Panthers, dude. No, because they're always triggered. Ah, nice. (laughs) But we were one of the because of the Black Black Panthers. Panthers, Yeah. No, um, but it was it was the militarization in the in the late '60s that scared, and it was the weed. It was that weed was opening people's minds to the idea that hey, just willy nilly killing people isn't maybe the best idea. Yeah. And that people were becoming militarized, and they were scared. They were scared of people with their mind-altering, opening drugs, and they were scared of the militarization of black people saying, like, hey, we won't be oppressed any longer. Look what you've been doing to us. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy to think that, like, also, like, we think how the world, everybody's so worried about, you know, all the crazy mass shootings and disorder that we have nowadays. But it's like, yo, in the 80s, there was hundreds of bombings a year. Like, 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 there was just more bombings going on, right? Like, yeah. Come to think of it. Yeah, dude, that kind of shit. Mail bombs, there's like pipe bombs. And so what we did was we put all these laws in place that made it harder to buy the precursors to build those. Like if you want to buy, it was like farming equipment basically to build bombs. Now you have to log that shit and they track that shit. Right. So when somebody's doing something suspiciously, we go, oh. Methamphetamine, same thing. Yeah. And, yeah. Because you take all the, when, you know, once you watch the movie where they're like, get all of the Sudafed and turn yeah. it into meth, then it's like, well, they're not going to let everybody do that anymore. Nope. They put the laws in place. So <laughs> oh, you cool. Can't. Thanks for putting everybody on blast. Yeah. Oh, geez. <laughs> well, there's so many, I mean, drugs have never, it's, it's, is it ever difficult to get drugs? Like, no. uh, even now, if I, 
to get him like legally prescribed like doctors want to give me drugs like i have to tell them no 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 i don't yeah. i don't want drugs and they're like no 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 but you should take these drugs and these drugs and i'm like no no no, no i've no. got plenty of my own thank but, you very yeah. much well, no. I, just, I just smoke the weed but yeah i feel like every time i go in they want to give me some hormone or some stimulant or some antidepressant or some well that's how they stabilizers. make their money it's like uh but I'm on Medi-Cal, so that doesn't make sense because they're just taxing the government. Like I'm saying, I don't want it. Don't don't take the money from the government. I'll be fine. Um, we'll switch gears. Uh, do you believe in anything particularly now? Yeah, I would definitely, definitely. I mean, you know, I, I studied a lot of religion. I dabbled in like Wiccan and a bunch of shit Ooh, like that. And... Lighting candles and shit or rocks? Like were you yeah, into Yeah, like candles, all that stuff. But like when it comes down to it, like I, that's all ceremony and I, and, I, and I see it for what it is now as as an adult who's taken acid. And, <laughs> and, and I understand that people find comfort and power in religious and spiritual ceremony. Sure, ritual, yeah. What I believe is more, like, I, I, honestly, if, if I if I had to like, the closest thing to a Bible or like my spiritual belief would be Final Fantasy VII. Whoa. Uh, I, 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 I do believe that when when you die, your, your spirit, your energy, or whatever it is, goes back to the planet. Gaia. And you maybe you lose a bit of your own identity or whatever you you this mass consciousness that is earth but i i think i'm a gaiist at heart i really do believe that uh we are just a further um complication of not complication a further uh we're just another part of life so to sure. speak if if earth is an organism we are the cells that are destined to spread life to other planets. Oh, you know what I mean? That's, that's so you, but you want, do you believe that we humans should be that space travel is inevitable, that we will take over other planets or is it just, this is our planet. We are a part of this planet. This life is, I think we're our just life. part of life. I think humans are destined to go extinct like anything else huh. and pave the way for whatever the future of existence is. I, I, I do believe that we are just another part of the process. But existence here, life. do you think there's existence out there too? Are there other mirror like planets that have been, are, are there, other life forms out there that you believe on other places like that we just can't conceptualize. I could see that being fathomable. Like, you know, I've seen other planets in telescopes, so I know other telescopes are real. I believe in uh, what we've been taught uh, as far as astronomy is concerned. And that would denote the mathematical possibility of there being life on another star. Yes. Cool. I, I think that's possible. Absolutely. But not probably not humanoid. I mean, I mean in an infinite be? universe, that is technically possible, right? In an infinite universe, everything that has happened will happen again eventually. Uh huh. Right. If life, if right, if time goes on infinitely, and there is an infinite amount of variations, eventually, what's happening right now will happen again. Yes. In an unknowable amount of time. Right. But even though time is uh, is that construct, also it's like, what's a god day if God is, exists? <laughs> How long is a god day? Yeah. The, the Earth was created in seven days. Sure, 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 it was seven it's like, whole days. Seven whole god days. And what is a god? I mean, God's like time doesn't exist if there's God Dude, or something I, bigger. I recently tried to read a little bit of like not a little bit of it, but like about like the Kabbalah and like some other like Jewish texts. Sure, and like. Man, there's some heavy, 
heavy philosophy about the creation of reality Oof. in that shit, man. It's intense, like about how like reality, like being different and like levels of a dream. I don't, I, don't, I, I didn't even get it. I didn't right. even get it. I feel like I need to speak Cree brew to understand it. Like, sure. Or <laughs> smoke tons and tons of pot. Yeah. There have been times where, uh, I've read people's writings in like, it was graduate school or whatever. And we're in this class and I'm re and I'm just like, I'd read it at home and I tried to, I can't, I have no idea what they're talking about. I smoke a little weed and suddenly I'm like, oh fuck, I totally gotta get this. slow down this. a little bit, dude. I get it. Wow. I know. I, I'm like, but just conceptually, and there's stuff that I'd read years ago in like my teens and twenties in college or whatever that now I'll get back to it and I'm like, oh, oh, I get it. I get it. Where at the time I was just like, what the fuck is this about? So that's how I feel about uh, socialist writers. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It's Fucking like, Marx. I read Marx in high school and yeah. I was like, well, Lies. this, yeah, this is like, a bunch yeah. of bullshit. Exactly. And then I read it as a 28 year old and I was like, oh, man. Yeah, we I was so wrong. We control it. If only we could control the labor. Yeah. We do control the labor. Like we are the my, my Marxist thing is right now like women literally go through labor and yet we get paid nothing for childbirth or child raising. It's like a job. It, it's called no, labor. We used to have it's, more social benefits for for parents and stuff like that, and now uh, it pales in comparison to what it used well, to it's, be. It's just so crazy because why do we demonize single mothers when they're working twice as hard? Why would you demonize a person that's working twice as hard? Somebody somebody abandoned her and a child because he's a selfish jerk face and, and now we demonize her and make her somehow the, the villain. It's awful. It's like, why do we hate women so much? I, I just don't see how under how people don't seem to understand that if everybody in a society does better than the society as a whole will progress and do, do better, better and right. grow. Like otherwise it stagnates right? And, and wealth accumulates into, into pockets and it's just doesn't disperse and but, help and then, everybody. But why some people think that they deserve this amount of wealth is it. I just can't even, it's the same thing about war. Like when I think about actual war, like yeah. if I was a soldier in a war and I had to kill people that I didn't know, I would have a really, 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 really hard time with that. Yeah. I don't know that person. That person has a life. I'm supposed to just kill them willy nilly because someone else told me I should because of something that I don't understand. No, I'm not really flying for that biz, but it's the same thing. Like when you, that some, somehow you believe like I'm better than I deserve all of this stuff. That's what it is. It's selfishness. That's crazy though, because even there was just a quote that um, 45 said on the TV about San Francisco. Like, oh, Nancy Pelosi is so busy with her impeachment proceedings when San Francisco has terrible water and the Pacific Ocean is dying because of the homeless population and the poo and the stuff in the water. It's completely unfounded and totally ridiculous. But that he even like recognizes that that's a thing and he's one of the rich people like yeah. rich people. There's no reason why we have to have 8,500 questionably housed people in San Francisco. No, there's not much I can personally do about it because I'm trying to survive myself in a car. Exactly. Expensive city. Well, that's the trap. So then it, yeah, I mean, the, but it blows my mind that also they've managed to trick a whole swath of other poor people into being selfish for these rich people. It's right? like, yes, they deserve it. Cause because if I was in their shoes, I would want it, you know? And it's like, and I, I, I understand that. I see that. But it's like, 
I don't think anybody who makes less than five million dollars a year shouldn't be a socialist because right, a million exactly. dollars is nothing. Right, a million it's, dollars is nothing. It's very even, like, and that's crazy. Like a million dollars would be enough for anybody in this city to live comfortably. Should They'd be. be able to eat and sleep and be fine, right? Yeah. The general American, I think, could make it work with a million dollars. And what's crazy is they all think that a million dollars is like, oh man, if I if I had a million dollars, I made it. Like that's it. I don't even have to work anymore. You know what I mean? Right, but it's but a million dollars is nothing. It's nothing. It's it's that's poor people money. It's like when people win the lottery, and they win like seven million in the lottery, and then it's gone. Yeah. And they're like, wait, wait, what happened to the money? And yeah. it's like you just have to keep living the way you were living. But even then, it's like the difference, like. It, they're not the target people who like they're they're worried that they're going to become millionaires right they're worried that they're going to make a million dollars and that socialists are going to come after them oh, and say you're not right. allowed to make a million dollars right right and it's like yo like that's not that much money you're not right. going to get taxed super crazy because in the, you're not super rich right it's you're just super rich comfortable it's, yeah well like, the whole san francisco voted last year two years ago to to take the corporations that are making, so their first 50 million in profits, they pay regular taxes. But after that 50 million in profits, they have to pay half of 1% for homeless people. And we all voted and we all said yes, and now they're tying it up in litigation and we're never gonna see that money. Yeah. And it's like, it's like Twitter and it's like Instagram or whatever, Facebook, whoever's in the city proper. All those, all those businesses, Square, all the people that are making tons and tons and tons of money and people are like walking over poop and people and, and we all just get used to it. And I'm like, where is the compassion? Where's the God? Where's the God? <laughs> Where's I know. And, but what can we do? And, and, and it's hard, like, cause I like to consider myself a moral person, but you know, what am I doing for my fellow man or, and all these old people now on the street, like it's killing you. You work down there in that same neighborhood. I'm in the so, heart of it. I'm like, yeah, I'm right there in Taylor and Eddie all the time. Yeah. The lady without pants. Oh, oh she's my gone. God. Yeah. So, you know, they, they, they recently passed the, that bill where they can commit people now. Excuse me. Yeah. They can commit people off the street and her, and then another dude from the street and another dude, all three of them got committed and put into a program, like forced into a program. Wow. And she's been calling us at the bar to like make amends. Wow. And, like, it's like, it's like, I mean, she's still clearly um, mentally incapacitated in some way. Sure. But she's like, you know, calling us and talking like a normal person. Wow. And like saying like apologizing for, cause she used to like, you know, just like pop a squat. No, I saw doorway naked yeah, and like and playing with her vag, like sitting on the ground, dude, just ra like rubbing up on people and shit. It's very not. Um, it. I mean, it's just unpredictable behavior in the nudity. It's like that's so unpredictable because it's like this is not normal. Like you could tell, like we're out of our realm here now. Yeah. And it's like a controversial thing, like the taking taking away the rights, yeah, basically. taking away their their own power, but committing people can it be used constructively if as long as we have the right people being policing it and see that's that's the it goes and it's back hard to the cops right and then next thing you know they're they're arresting you know political instigators etc cetera, etc cetera, right getting committed that that's the way these things go sure but like at the same time it's really like this was a really eye-opening moment for me to see this lady specifically 
get helped. Right. And I was like, that's something that I would normally be completely against, like staunchly against taking away somebody's power of attorney. Right. But if, if you're out of your mind, right? Like, man, like, and meth, you know, her. You know. She, she was yeah, a real she's, issue. I've seen, yeah. yeah. She yells at people all the time or she yelled. Yeah, at Yeah, She's been off the street for that. shit, man. Like eight months now, I think that's nine amazing. Months. I think it was the beginning of the year. They arrested her and then did the whole thing, put her in front of a judge, all that stuff. Oh, and that one of the owners at Piano Fight goes and like visits her. So wow, yeah, Piano. I really that's I that's respect compassion. the shit. You got to respect Piano Fight, I, and they're they're holding um, a memorial for Daphne Dorman, the um, trans comedian who committed suicide. Yeah. the other week they're holding it on from three to five on November 9th. and really Piano Fight, like he's a really stand up. I only met the I met, met him once because of that short lived thing and. Just what he's doing for theater and helping people express themselves. They've got a really good crew that's great. like really like Rob's really reaching out to the arts community. Dan and Kevin and all. I mean, oh, Rob is doing it too, but like they're really reaching out to the neighborhood. They're really involved politically that's in good. like the Tenderloin. And it's like I've learned so much about the Tenderloin yeah. just because of all the political shit that goes down at Piano Fight. We're constantly having community meetings. Right. Balanced Breakfast did a cool thing there. That was really neat. We got trick-or-treating tomorrow. Oh, Trick-or-treating in the Tenderloin, dude. Like, it's going down. Yeah. Kids everywhere. Like, That's great. <laughs> there's needles and poop in the street, but I think they're going to clean it up for... For the, for the tender- kids. Yeah, for the kids. It's yeah. great. You know, there's more children in the Tenderloin than in any other neighborhood in the city. That's amazing. And I'm so glad that they're redoing some of the parks. Yeah. Yeah. The, they're redoing the park... Um, off of Larkin. Yeah, dude, that was the scariest it, it was, little corner. Yes, and a <laughs> lot of heroin being done. A lot of like, I mean, it's just like an open bathroom. And the ones that they redid down at the Civic Center at the um, City Hall, I love them. I remember taking a little girl there and we were playing soccer and, and our soccer ball rolled through a pile of human feces and that was terrible and I washed it off in the, in the water fountain, which probably was even worse. <coughs> I should, probably shouldn't have done that. Yeah, whatever. But, the new ones are amazing. The new um, parks they're doing. So it seems like they're doing something for kids. And the the library is a great place for kids. Whenever I nanny, I like to take kids to the library. Dude, and our is, library's dope. I've been hanging out there a lot this year. It's stacked with children. There's a great children's area. There's a great little baby area. It's if anybody during the winter, you have a kid and you don't know where to take them. Take them to the library. It's great. I know a dude whose job is reading to kids at the library. That's so cool. Yeah, like that, and he gets paid enough to live. Like that's his job. Like wow, <laughs> yeah, that's like a that's like um that's a dream job. Yeah, reading to kids. <laughs> so, um, your higher power is Gaia. I would say is, it's Earth. Yeah, Gaia, which, whatever you want to call right, it. Which is which is the, the planet. The planet, and and what do you think about all the global warming stuff? Then, is the planet trying to kick us off? No, I think that uh, we have very obviously affected it. Um, but life has always found a way, uh, mm. and will, are we in for some tumultuous times? Oh yeah, dude. Oh yeah. Like yeah. we've, we, you can, we've noticed it ourselves in the past couple of years. Oh uh, yeah. Our summers are hotter. Yep. Our winters are colder. 
and wetter. We're going to really regret, 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 we're really going to regret not capturing like the, what was it, 18 billion gallons of water that dumped on California, some ridiculous amount. That yeah, we, we do year. need more reservoirs. I mean, we but do we have some of the best it. ones in the country, but we need way more. Well, we should have been actually collecting all the water. I, yeah. Just in five years, I think we're going to be kicking ourselves well, for not figuring out a way to get all that fresh water and once the, everything burns away, we won't have any more rain. Because, like, <laughs> I mean, well, like, that's the reason why we're having these crazy rainy years right now is, A, El Nino's getting ready to come back in, but B, uh, all these huge fires are putting particulate matter oh. up into the air, and that encourages condensation and creates rain. So the more smoke we have, the more rain we're going to have. Wow. And that's just, like... That's California for the next like couple years. Well, like, and that's I'm just wondering why Santa Rosa has to catch on fire every year. What the fuck is going on in Santa Rosa? What what is happening? Like, well, you, are people throwing cigarettes out of cars? Well, or? historically, like California burns. Like, wh that's why our farmland is the most fertile farmland in the United States. Uh -huh. That's why you can grow anything in California because this shit burns down all the time, and uh -huh. we've only been here writing shit down for 200 years sure right like this shit has been burning down for a million years wow for, you know, whatever. and sometimes it's in southern california down. sometimes it's in northern california but all that all that shit gets washed down into the valley and that's why you can grow anything in the valley uh-huh so it just makes the wine vines better. It just makes better, better wine. Yeah, and it goes up the whole food chain. I mean, we've had a crazy year this year for halibut. Oh, we've seen, I love halibut. And other species of fish. Uh, we've seen huge turn back in like, because, you know, their numbers were going down as all fish is going across the globe right now. Numbers have been going down, going down, going down. But we had a huge turnout for halibut this year. And I would not doubt if that is connected to the nutrient runoff. Wow. From all the rain. Because okay. all that shit goes into the delta, into the bay. Yeah. You get a phytoplankton boom, and then that just goes up the chain, and then all of a sudden we're catching more high-level predators because there's more food for them to eat. Right. So, like, the fires suck. Yeah, dude, I can't talk. I'm losing my voice. I've been coughing. Right. But, like, it's a natural part of California, and we prevented it from happening for 200 years, and now it's just trying to catch up. Wow. You th see things really a big picture. Yeah, I, I'm a big history nerd, but I read all the time. Yeah. I I, I read all the time. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, one of our... Uh one of our guests who was on here a while back said one of the most convincing things to me. Uh, Keith D, I asked him, do you believe in a higher power? And he goes, yeah, of course. Gravity. I don't understand it. I don't know why it happens. <laughs> but it works, right? Like It's gravity. It's higher, it's higher, I believe in a higher power. <laughs> can't argue against can't, gravity. Can't, can't argue against it. I like it. And Elon then, Musk pops up. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there was another comic who recently said what he believes God is, and it's water. Because water is water, but things can live in water. And like we are water. Water is definitely a main component of life on earth. So like water is God. So to speak. Yeah. And so I was like, Whoa! that's also a huge, Whoa! huge theme in a lot of my favorite sci-fi books. <laughs> oh yeah. That water, water is God. Oh yeah. Dune. Oh wait. Right. Okay. Yeah. Important. Fair, fair, uh, what fair. Was it? Uh, Stranger in a strange land. All right. Robert yeah. Heinlein. That's a, that's a, there's like all these ceremonies around drinking water and stuff. But, yeah. yeah. Could life <sighs> exist without water? 
I don't know the chemistry behind that. I don't think so. I know people have argued that there could be silicon as opposed to carbon-based life because it binds just as easily as carbon does. But, uh, I mean, I don't know. That's, that's, we're, that's like crazy science fiction. Sure, (laughs) sure, 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 sure. Uh, who are some of your favorite authors? Um, I'm a big fan of Dune. A uh, big fan of, uh, I mean, it's not uh, fiction, but Howard Zinn. Okay, uh, yeah. People's History of the United States. Uh, one of his students, also a great book, uh, People's History of the World. Mm. Love that book. What are some of my other favorite books? I don't really have a favorite author. If you would have asked me 20 years ago, I might have said Chuck Palahniuk. But oh, man. I love Chuck yeah. Palahniuk. I love him. I love most of Chuck Palahniuk. <laughs> what, 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 what's the, what did he turn you off on? Um, Lullaby? <laughs> I've read Lullaby like three times, okay. and I still don't know if I like it. <laughs> you know what? He has a, sl- a sleeper book that I really liked. Um, what was it called? I lost my copy of it. It's called like Pygmy or something like that. Oh, Pygmy. I've, never, I've read Pygmy. It was about the, the child soldier from like a North Korean country. Who yes. Like who gets adopted to, to America. Right. Yeah. That was one of the funniest it's, books that he's written. I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. I like it. Each book has a concept that he, it has a conceit that he twists yeah. it around and you're like, yeah. Snuff I thought was very disturbing, but it's great. very disturbing. That's the one with the lady with half a face, right? No, it's the one where she... That's invisible. The, the, she's the snuff film and she has sex with like every guy. hundred people or whatever. And the, yeah. And the one guy thinks that she's his mom, but she's not. Yeah. All that whole thing. Yep. 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 That was crazy. And then I there was one, one in a hotel that was all blacked out and weird. And, and then that was crazy too. And the guy, Oh, that was the one that was like microwave saw. it. Yeah. Haunted. Haunted. Yeah. That, that was, was the one weird. where the dude jerks off on the bottom of the pool. Right. And, and his butt gets sucked out. Guts himself. Yeah. yeah. And then the other lady, they think she's dead. And so they chop off her ass and they microwave it, but she's really not dead or something. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. It was like, he just watched like saw and fucking, uh, hostile and was like, all right, yeah, we get this I can done. write this genre. Yeah, like, sure. I get it. Every time I see a buddy cop movie, I'm like, I'm going to do one of those one day. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I really enjoyed Chuck Palahniuk. I think he's, he's a really great guy. I also love Stephen King, but, and I know that's so basic, but <laughs> I love him. I love everything he's ever written. Not everything. Tommy knockers was a pilot dog shit. That was when he was doing a lot of cocaine. Ah, you haven't fallen into that trap, have you? Never been a fan. Yeah, it's me either. I've tried it enough yeah. to know that every time I do cocaine, I'm always like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. literally every time I'm like, I'm like, was it good? Was that good? Did was I, that good? Am I, yeah. am I high now? <laughs> like I've never, I've never taken blow and been like, this is what I need to be doing all the time. All the time. Yeah. And I see people like that and I just, it, it's never, maybe I'm just not there biologically. I don't know. Yeah. It's just not my body. It doesn't work for me either. The next day I, I'm a, I can't do anything. I, I just, I'm like a big lump of poop poop. I, I can't, it just, the next day never pays off for the night of and the night of or day of whatever, like 
I don't like myself on it. Like I get like, cause I'm already like pretty narcissistic and like a really self-involved, but that stuff makes me believe that it's okay that I'm like that. <laughs> it's this like, is just how it is. This is <laughs> Fucking let it ride. <laughs> Everything you say is amazing. You're the smartest person alive. Yeah. yeah. That's not, it doesn't, it doesn't jive well with me. No, I just, I just smoke weed. And then uh, nowadays I very occasionally microdose yeah. Uh, mushrooms. Sweet. Strictly mushrooms. Okay. Won't fuck with acid anymore. It's just What what happened? You saw God too many times? Uh I had an ex who got committed. Wow. She didn't come down uh for a couple days. I had to take her home. Her parents took her to a hospital. Wow. It was uh years ago. Uh, wow. and uh she's fine now. But like How many hits did that? It was one. Wow. And, I, and, you know, I think it was from some, like, eternalized shit that wasn't coming out. And then uh, it just, you know, led to a breakdown. It was the super trigger. But, like, yeah, it's, uh, so I don't fuck with it anymore. Because you never know how powerful it is. You never know what it is. That's I true. always know mushrooms. Like, right. hey, if I eat just this little bit, I'm going to giggle and have a great day. Right. Like, <laughs> as opposed to, I'm going to stare at myself in the mirror and watch my eyes fall out of my head Yeah, no. and be like, my cat is the devil. And, and I, I really can't call my mom. Like yeah, that's, phones that's, are bad. I'm not looking for that kind of stress yeah, in my I, recreational stress. experiences anymore. That's exactly. Yeah. Walking on the streets. Like everybody knows, nobody knows. Yeah. No, that's not my, not my yeah. bag, man. You know, one of the best times I ever had, uh, do you remember, uh, Thomas? Thomas. Thomas uh, used yes. to run a bunch of shows in there. He gave me a bunch of capsulated uh, mushrooms for my birthday one time, like nice. ground up in capsules. Best Vegas trip I ever had. First nice. day, first day, I took one, and like, I don't think I felt it, but I had a great time. I had a great yeah. night. I just yeah. had so much fun. Second day, I took two. Started to get a little giggly. Had so much fun. It was just like being on uppers or like it had more energy all day. Sure. Third day I took three. Same thing. Had a great time. Never was high. Fourth day I took four and it was in the arcade and things started to get a little wiggly. Yeah. And then I played this like Star Wars arcade game where you like sit in it and you pile it and it moves and blows air in your face and you're like actually like flying and wow. I started to cry because ah! I was just having so much fun and I was like all right all right it's the mushrooms it's too much it's much. too much I love this video I guys. just fucking love this right now <laughs> like just like tears pouring down my yeah. face like walking out of this machine there's kids everywhere like what is wrong with him I'm like it's so good so good so, I um, love Star Wars I love Star Wars, Star Wars too Bubblegum Garbage Party was the name of one yeah. of the shows and oh I missed that he it was such a he was so fun with the improv he could really just take a character and he's very talented that was and, one of my favorite shows of all time yeah that was one of my favorite garbage shows because it was it was never well attended it was always very poorly organized I love Thomas I love you Thomas I love your magic it was my favorite show He's, when he would interrupt a stand-up comedian and just go into yeah, improv and yeah. expect them to be ready for it exactly he's like, like he's like I'm, I'm your aunt Jenny from the we were just talking he'd just jump in he something would trigger him in yeah. your stand-up and then he would suddenly be in your stand-up with you I loved it I was like Dude, I love bubblegum hands down one of my favorite shows of all time yeah, like super rad. So good. I'm, I miss him. He's he's growing plants, I think, in Berkeley. Still. Oh yeah, he did my yeah. wedding. He did the flowers for my wedding. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, keeping Great it all in the family. Thomas Bridgman. Yeah. Look look him up. Look him up. He's a florist, planter, 
it's incredibly talented improv person. Well, let's streamline into that. So you're still comedy baseball is awesome. It's and it's going to be going in its third season, fourth season. Yeah, no, hopefully February. Yeah, so yeah. like spring training, or are you just gonna we're just going to go right season? into it. Yeah, just go right in. Try, may, might be trying a new format. Might be doing a lot of changes. I'm sitting on it for now, just yeah. like letting it stew. Sure, sure. Yeah, I got, I got, I got a couple months to relax and work on some other projects, right? And just think about it because I know I want to do some changes, and I whatever I do, I need to like have a huge plan so I can bring it to the programmers and like you know make sure that they can do their work so that right. we can do the show. Because it's for those of the listening audience who hasn't heard of comedy baseball, it's a, a video game that's played based off of improv jokes made off of games that are played by yeah. teams of comics. It's a joke telling competition where the audience's reaction determines how hard of a baseball hit you get in a baseball game, basically. And then the little characters run around the bases, and it's really cute. And then sometimes there's like a pop fly, and then that's comedy baseball. Oh yeah. Even when everybody laughs, and uh, and some people are really good at the games because they've been practicing for years. Oh, they play it every yeah, right, the, every week. Yeah. <laughs> so they're they've come up with the. It's hard. Oof, it's hard because it's stressful. Like, I mean, if you if you know it, if you know the games backwards and forwards, it's like, yeah, okay. But still, that there's always, even though you can be slightly prepared, you never know what they're going to throw at you. Like every time I have an answer for one of them, it's never the one that gets thrown to me at the time where I'm right. up there. I'm like, God damn it, I've got the one I want, and they won't throw it at me. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so it's it's hard. It's My like, secret is I've I've just given up. On caring what audiences think about me. <laughs> oh, that's good. I, I'll, I'll tell a bad joke anyway, just because even a boo, you know, I can kind of gauge, maybe learn a little something. Oh, you guys didn't like that. Maybe if I tell it, I can figure out why they didn't like it, hopefully. But, you know, in a baseball game, the odds are way higher. So it's, <laughs> you don't want to tell a bad joke, I guess, during comedy baseball. I, 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 mine, mine are always pretty bad. Um, and that's a piano fight and it's going to be whenever, cause you have the, you're the, you have the space there. So you guys can do it whenever night you want. I think we'll be doing it earlier in the week. Maybe we'll see. We might be, it depends on what the schedule of the rest of piano fights like. Sure. Cause they have those two cool theaters and it's a really neat space downtown. Yeah. Uh, back to God. So what do you think happens when we die? I think, uh, whatever our spirit is or whatever the energy is that, um, denotes our being so to speak uh returns to the greater planet and is used uh in some other form uh just as a an organism would use nutrients somewhere else in its body it takes it in and then does something else with it and not just the physical nutrients that no, are the in spiritual our body the matter. spiritual matter you like, so you believe that we have like i do a believe in a, a spark of life and whether we are all part of the same spark or there is some slight individualism in there, I think it's, it leans more on the non-individual aspect. I think we are less individual than we all imagine we are. Really? Yeah. I think we're all part of a collective consciousness uh, in a way. I, you know, I, I watched my grandfather deteriorate from Alzheimer's oh. and I understand the the mechanisms you know in the brain the plaque etc that, that that causes this uh deterioration in personality 
And but you literally watch somebody go from an actual person to a vegetable. Yeah. And it's a, and it's a gradual process. And it's like so I guess there's still a soul there. Wow. You know what I mean? I guess Well, I, is personality soul? Is is my grandfather dead? Is he a walking, you know, is he living dead? Right. And yes, that's how I felt about it. Like, yeah, my grandfather, the person I knew, what is dead. And there is still a spark of life here, but I, it's just not the same. I don't know how to explain it, man. It, it was really formative to me. It's that there, maybe that there is some link there that the, our personality and our soul are somehow yeah. linked to. Because being alive, it's like you can keep someone alive by making their lungs breathe and their heart pump. But it doesn't mean, I mean, if they're brain dead, their body is technically alive, but is there still soul right. Do alive? you still return, then, retain individualism after death? I, I don't have an answer for that. But if you're in a coma, that means that you're in a subconscious state, so it would probably be like dreaming. Yeah. So if you're going through Alzheimer's, like, is part of... I wonder if their dream life gets much more vivid and active, and then their day life is... Nightmares and confusion. Right. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know, man. And also at the same time, I believe in ghosts. I've had some pretty crazy paranormal experiences. So it's like at the same time, it's like maybe there is some sort of life after death mm. as an individual. I've seen ghosts too. Tell me your ghost story. Oh man, we just had one. Really? This isn't even like my was scariest a, one. Was it a piano fight? It was, it's, dude. Of course, it's always in a the theater. Uh, so Roman, another bartender, uh, Sam, a barback, and Rob, one of the owners, and I did a Ouija board in the basement. That was probably not the best idea, but after closing one night, and uh, I and Rob were kind of taking it seriously, kind of not, you know, joking about it. I've had paranormal experiences previously so i'm not immediately going into this thinking it's all bullshit but i am sitting there going ramon you're moving the fucking ouija board aren't you like the whole time yeah and we're just asking you these questions and we're mostly getting muddled nonsense answers back right and, and then they keep saying it doesn't want to talk to us anymore it kept saying like goodbye and then we kept like heckling it with like more questions and then i went and stood in the hallway and rob had asked it a series of questions very specific to the building and the history of the building in and of itself oh. and without naming names or anything he he said did a member of the blah 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 family kill you or were you hurt by a member of the blah 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 family jesus christ and then out of nowhere me and rob instantly started sobbing just like not like out of fear or anything like that just like overcome with sadness and just tears like pouring down our face like rob and i just started crying like really hard and it was like we got the fuck out of there after that. Like, it, wow. was like, it was like, it was such an intense experience. Like, cause I, I was literally like standing in the hallway like this, like laughing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right, like heckle, heckle this ghost, heckle this heckle fucking this ghost. ghost. <laughs> and Rob asked that question. And like, I just started just crying, like crying so much. Like it just like took over me. And it was wow. just like a weird, uh, experience that recently yeah, I was like, crazy. that was like three weeks ago. Why, uh, why did he know so much about, he knew so much about the history of the building? He, he does. Well, it's he a famous landmark. Oh, it used to be a very famous Italian restaurant. Oh, wow. Yeah. There was, um, I did some research. Well, they did the research and then I read about it for the, the homestead on 19th street before I was 86 from that bar. I used to be able to go there and the owners had done some research because it used to be a brothel and mm -hmm. in the back room, someone was killed by a ball peen hammer in like 
1912 or something. There's and, like a record of it. Yeah, it yeah. was like in the Chronicle and all that stuff. And so I always wanted to write a novel from the perspective of the bar itself because the original bar was still there. And like I thought it would be interesting if the bar was actually like the ghost of a hooker who had been murdered in the place or something. I thought, I thought, I thought that Murdered by Peen. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But you had, so you've had, you had a real, that, I would say that that's an extraterrestrial, or not extraterrestrial, paranormal, extra, paranormal sure. experiment, experience. You should bring in some counters. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, that's beep, next beep, on the list. Because like, we, we've been like joking about writing something that's in between a serious ghost hunt and then a series of sketches. Oh, that's funny. Where we're like making fun of it. Like I, I was like, I'm I'm very close to asking for a budget to hire some Craigslist level psychics to come into the building and then film them. And we're also thinking about maybe like pairing up a comedian with them. Like yeah. so we bring in three psychics yeah. and a comedian and they don't and he's the psychic. Right. Right. So like 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 seeing how they all play off each other. I read tarot like, cards. Um you actually next year, because it's too late to do it for this year, but you guys should do the um, a haunted house in the basement we've, of fucking piano fight. We've tried talking him into it. It's, you know, if we do it, my, my argument for it is, uh, I really want to do it, but if, if we're going to do it, we need like 30 people. Of course you do. It's like a whole production. Right. It's a whole production, but it's downstairs Yeah, and it's dark. It's a great and space. You can, you can make, There's you can make room. money each room. Each Dude, room could be different. We could different. do a $50 haunted house. Absolutely. And like with the actual history of the building. Yeah. And like. And it's a great way to, because you don't have to do all the work. You just get each room to be sort of curated by a different group. That's how I so do like it. So like Mutiny a, Radio a would do one. And then the committee one. runs it. Yeah. Yeah. Like everyone's got their own room. There's a Sylvan room. There's, you know, oh, yeah. a fucking. There's tons. And there's so many people that work at Piano Fight that would be down. Like yeah. it's. But it's definitely a next year thing if we're going to do yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, you can't do it tomorrow. But I, it's, I, I've tried for weeks to convince them and it's just it's we're too late yeah to, to pull it off because it takes i mean it would take like it's a, it's a play right it's a big exactly and you have to first yeah figure out the overarching structure and then this is your your room your room blah blah, blah and then you make everything yeah it's a lot it was a lot it's too much work and money for this year that's for sure right and it's a lot of, it's it's a lot of work and a lot of delegation yeah and then it's a lot of like and then it's hard because i was always impressed with that short-lived thing that everybody followed through well it's because they have producers that are fucking on it right like they have there's a huge staff behind the scenes that's working on it sure that this there's people who whole job is keeping people in line like <laughs> oh that's such a cool song that you have that's from the end of rick and morty it is that you have that are you are you super excited for the rick and morty coming out fuck yeah i i can't wait i'm not i'm trying not to have too many expectations just so i can be so, so i try to have zero expectations for everything in life that's, really, that's <laughs> a really good that's a really good life hack yeah i've enjoyed yeah. every star wars movie i look which is your favorite one now see mine's changed over time and i i have a new favorite one which is which yours my rogue one dude me too it's what's so up good. high five boom so Good. It's a great it's film. Good from beginning to end. It's like the new Empire Strikes Back because yep. it's scary and everyone's di it's, everyone dies. It's its own story. It's, it's its own story and it's so romantic at the end, but it's not. And you're just like following all these people. I cry every time that robot, uh, T the tall one, yeah. T ninety nine or whatever he is, F with H, I'm like, oh god. <laughs> And he has a soul. It was, I think Rogue One is so well put together. It was great. Everybody hated it and they are I don't wimps. Why, I don't know why they hated it. Well, because everybody dies and everybody wants to get attached to characters nowadays. Oh, yeah. 
everybody, they, everybody wants a, a saga. But that's what makes sense when they when she finally says when when you're watching the beginning of Star Wars and you're like, many rebels died for the for gathering this information, and you're like, that was the fucking that was all of them, dude. That you can't be Team Arya if everybody dies right. at the end of that first episode. You know, like exactly. That's why nobody fucking likes that shit anymore. <laughs> so I but I do I love Star Wars, and I've been watching Star Trek again. I've been watching Next Gen. I've been watching it all. Oh, nice, dude. I love the beginning. I love the difference in tone between the first season and the whole rest of the series. The whole Riker's beard conundrum. What? Love and that shit. Whenever Riker gets starts to become this smarmy guy like suddenly he's like the king of smarm and i love it he's like constantly he's like this kind of cheeky womanizer but he's not but he is he's oh it's he's it's great so i also love how like the first episode is like super weird the q episode right it's yeah. the q the time travel episode with like the history of star wars which is like really cool like if you i, I always try to imagine what if this came out nowadays and it's like, oh man, they're explaining so much of the backstory and lore. This is so cool. But also at the same time, it's like a really like poetic and like, you know, dramatic episode. It feels really out of place for the nineties. Yeah. Like, they, <laughs> well, they were out of place. They were tackling all the tough issues. They were they had an abortion one. They had one where Deanna gets pregnant and they're like, We should abort this. And she's like, I'm not aborting this child. I'm letting it that whole it's called the child. And I'm sitting there watching it going like Damn, Star Trek, you're getting into it. They do tons of stuff about racism. Oh, yeah, the whole stuff thing about with Data and later the hologram in Voyager. That all, I mean, they do the all the different... Uh, it's crazy. They are tackling all the tough issues. Death and d dying in service. Like, there's... it's. I'm just so impressed that... And it, I, it should come back, but it, it it's too it's too cheesy for people, I think, at this point. I don't know. Like, I think the new Picard show is going to be dope. I love Picard. Have you watched it? No. Is it out yet? I know. I just, I just keep seeing people talking about it and everybody's it. saying it's going to be awesome. I, I, I love Jean-Luc Picard. Yeah. I can't believe he's still alive. Sir Patrick Stewart, man. Sir Patrick Stewart. That guy's got, uh, you know, he's a very accomplished Shakespearean. Yeah. Actor. Yeah. I believe it. So what are your, we'll wrap up here real quickly, but you're an actor, but you don't want to be an actor anymore. You like being an actor. I love you're acting. a producer now. Yeah, now I'd rather I don't have the time for that. <laughs> I see. I don't have the I don't have the personal time needed to if if I could quit my job, right? Like if I was like married, had kids, maybe I could do acting again, right? Mm. If I didn't have a job or whatever, and like I could like spend a couple months losing myself into something. Mm. Yeah, that's fine. But it's 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 on point of like a heavy drug binge where mm. it's like it does take a huge chunk of me because i believe in doing it right and i do it right so like you know it, I, I don't half-ass acting like, but <laughs> you have access to a theater now why not i will i, I there's a play a, i want to write kind of a vanity project i mean <laughs> a, a video game right now is my vanity project. oh i see oh, <laughs> yeah. okay all right i do all i right. do i do really want to do a play about death one day i want to do a play about a guy who is a professional mourner he gets Whoa. hired to go to funerals and cry. And uh, eventually he gets hired to go to this mob funeral. And uh, the mob funeral gets attacked. He gets taken hostage. And he's like, I swear, I don't know these guys. I'm just a professional mourner. And nobody believes him. <laughs> and uh, he has to like, somebody gets killed in front of him. And he has to like confront death for the first time. Wow. It's, it's this like play I've been working on in the back of my head for. Wow. That's really like decade high, high concept that he's constantly dealing with death, but he's never dealt with death. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's something that I've been working on in the back of my head for. No pets. No pet. No pets ever died. No parents. Nothing. Right. I mean, I don't know. It's like a Martin McDonough play. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> it's a dark comedy. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I haven't actually started writing it. It's just been something I've been musing about for my whole adult life. No, it's a good. That's a. It's a great story. I just like the idea of somebody who gets paid to go to funerals and cry. Like yeah, I, geez, I, I, if I could make money at that, I would do it. Right. I'm good at crying. That's for sure. Um. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? You're married now. You got it oh, all yeah. together. Probably, hopefully have kids. Oh, uh, you want to have kids? Oh yeah. One day when we have money, uh, when it's safe to have kids. Uh, yeah. Cause you're still young. You're still under 30. I'm 30. Oh, for two more months. Oh wow. All right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, other than that, I'm a really cool uncle. I don't know. 10 years from now, I guess, uh, hopefully working because i like it and not because i need to huh and uh have a couple video games and shows under my belt that make money right and uh that's where i would like to be in 10 years brad still doing what i'm doing now but hopefully you know more successfully that's that's amazing justin gomes sharp what a positive thing you're happy with your life that's very unusual these days that people feel like fulfilled and that they're on the right path and that's all you only have as much fun as you make. Oh. It's my grandmother's used to say it all the time. It's my mantra, and uh, I try to stick by it. Only have as much fun as you make. So uh, you can go make merry with Justin Gumsharp at Piano Fight. Uh, check out. Open Improv. Open Improv. So oh, you are yeah. doing it. There is Open Improv still. Still doing Open Improv. Tuesdays. Used to do it here. Yeah, still Tuesdays. Awesome. Uh, we're at our... A millionth home at Piano Fight <laughs> every Tuesday from 7 to 9 for free. Come on down and make some shit up with us and boo at a bunch of stuff because that's my favorite part of the show. Is it really when people are just like, ah. I, I, I don't like comedy shows anymore where people don't boo. Uh, wow. I, if, if, if somebody's going to ask me to host a show or something like that, I am going to encourage the audience to boo and heckle. Because I think it makes it more fun for everybody. Yeah. Especially I mean, if there's potential for bad comedy. And if they're, I mean, heckling isn't always bad. I mean, especially with no. comics that are young and suck. Sometimes heckling is good. Sometimes it's good. It, helps you it get keeps better. the energy yeah, up. Right? Yeah. So like if somebody tells a joke that's bad, I, I always, when my intro to open improv, I always say, listen, when something's funny, please laugh, you know, giggle, make all those positive noises. When something isn't funny, don't give me that San Francisco, you know, arms crossed silent but respectful i don't like this right you know fucking boo like give him some energy back and let him know that's not funny so that the comedian knows okay guys you're right okay here's another one you know what i mean like there's silence just say words just Just say words words. seriously just Just say say words i love that you gotta keep the pace up funny because otherwise uh, it's the energy flies out the window you're the improv master. It's too bad I work on Tuesdays. Otherwise, it's the it's the one th- I it's not the one thing I suck at. I suck at a lot of things. But improv, the only thing I ever thought I was good at. Whenever you guys used to do it here, is songs. When someone starts playing a song, I can make up a song on the spot. Those are I can, fun. I can be a part of a song. I can be part of a musical number. One time I was a dog. Anything in a musical context, I do just fine. But. I mean, that's, I don't, I don't know why, but you can always come back here. We have the piano. I moved Andrew the loves piano. the piano. He loves the piano. <laughs> yeah. And Andrew's actually writing a musical oh, show. Oh, that's so great. Uh, I just, we want to do a, we're going to do a crooner show. Oh my gosh. Like singing all like, you know, 
old like uh, Mickey Valley and all those guys. Yeah. And Bobby Darren. Yeah, well, so. if you need a girl voice tenor in the key of C, <laughs> come come to me. If you need a if you need a drag king, if if it's all men, I will cross dress <laughs> <laughs> to sing for anyone. Um, any other any other last uh, words of godliness, God talk, Marxism, things um, to help people in the world? No, anything? just uh, do your best and try to help everybody else do their best. Yay! That's the best motto ever. It's true. I think that's great. Uh, this has been Don't Call Me Tim. Justin Gums Sharp. Uh, everybody keep tuning in to Mutiny Radio. Thanks for being here. Yay. Thanks, Pam. There. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear, too. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers, California's motorcycle lawyer. Victor Davis, Harris Law Firm, LLP, 180 Chromatic Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento, California, 95834.
And I will cut Hello, Blake. Henry. Yeah. Charlie here. Yeah. I have a report here, Henry, from your uh, from your chief nurse, Major O'Houlihan. She makes some accusations, Henry. I, I find pretty hard to believe. Uh, the dude minds, man. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... Uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch Apply now for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2020 coming up March 1st through 7th, 2020. But you can apply now through November 30th. 50 shows in seven days, over 50 comics from all around the U.S., and you could be one of them. Go to the Mutiny Radio website, www.mutinyradio.fm. Click the Apply button. Pay that 20 bucks. Donate to Mutiny Radio and apply with your five-minute video to the Mutiny Radio 5th Annual Comedy Festival coming up March 1st through 7th, 2020. Submissions close November 30th. Get those submissions in now. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Four Hungry for a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. 
Counteroffer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counteroffer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counteroffer, baby. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Hey, you open micer in San Francisco comedy scene. Maybe you want time to do jokes. Well, this is the place to do it. Mutiny Radio. We have three open mic a week just for you. Monday's joke workshop from 6 to 8. Come and get four minutes and four minutes of commentary from your comedian peers. Come on Fridays for happy hour 6 to 8 here at Mutiny Radio. All the comics, wonderful, hilarious people in the scene. Get to know them. Hang out. Do a set. Have it recorded here on a podcast at mutinyradio.fm and come in on Saturdays from 4 to 6. Get long sets because no one ever shows up. So it's like stage time and people can listen. Come on by to Mutiny Radio. Get your comedy on, baby. Tell me what you think about your situation. Complication, aggravation. Is it getting to you? Then tune in live every Sunday from 12 to 2 p.m. to the Edge of Insanity with myself, Paul Brumbaugh, Kit Marie, Brandon Ray, and Mistress Christine. All on Mutiny Radio. That's right, PCRCollective.org. We'll see you there. One of his diatribes I've learned. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to welcome you to the <clears throat> Mutiny Radio Happy Hour. We got two hosts tonight. We're going to start with your host with the most, Pam Benjamin. Oh, yeah. Well, I 
Atlanta. Keep that clap going for George D. Smith running your ones and twos tonight. Hell yeah! In the house, killing it. Get those audience mics up.
for much nobody of walks time, in louisiana and they were uh, interrogated flap that plastic muni radio.fm it's a long and dusty road a hot and a heavy load the folks i meet ain't always kind some are bad and some are good some have done the best they could some have tried to ease my trouble in mind and i can't help but wonder where i'm bound where i'm bound can't help but wonder where i'm bound I've been wandering through this land, doing the best I can, trying to find what I was meant to do. And the people that I see look as worried as can be, and it looks like they are wondering too. And I can't help but wonder where I'm bound. Can't help but wonder where I'm bound Now I had a little girl one time She had lips like sherry wine And she loved me till my head went plumb insane but I was too blind to see She was drifting away from me And my good gal went off on a morning train And I can't help but wonder where I'm bound Where I'm bound Can't help but wonder where I'm bound And I had a buddy back home but he started out to roam And I hear he's out by Frisco Bay And sometimes when I've had a few His old voice comes a-ringing through And I'm going out to see him some old day And I can't help but wonder where I'm bound Oh, where I'm bound can't help but wonder where I'm bound Well, if you see me passing by And you sit and you wonder why And you wish that you were a rambler too Nail your shoes to the kitchen floor Lace them up and bar the door Thank your stars for the roof that's over you And I can't help but wonder where I'm bound Where I'm bound Can't help but wonder where I'm bound
and the needle on the dial pointed to L-I-E. Wolf was raised from his seat and a plank spanked him hard. And don't say ain't. I haven't. Ooh, ah. The lie detector pointed to lie. And this time the machine whacked the wolf and washed his mouth out with soap. There are my brothers. I ain't a, I mean, poor listen, buddy. You got me wrong. I'm your pal, see? Which was another lie, of course. The machine spanked the wolf, washed out his mouth with more soap and water, and wrapped his knuckles with a wheel. And back at the secret hiding place, the little wolves were just looking at the nice pork pie they had made. Now, before we put it in the oven, they said, have we done everything? Did we follow the recipe? Salt, flour, pepper, cried one. We forgot the pepper. So they got the can of pepper, and they sprinkled a lot of it on the pork pie. The pepper got up the pig's noses, and they both began a great big sneeze. such a big double sneeze that it blew the pie crust right off the pan. The dough flew across the room and landed smack on the two bad little wolves. And while they were trying to get loose from the sticky dough, the good little wolf opened the door and showed the pigs the way to their brother's house. And at their brother's house, the big bad wolf had finally learned his lesson. He told the truth. Your brothers are in the old mill. Well, the sweet music told the pig that the truth had been told, so he pushed another button on the machine, and an arm came down and shoved a skyrocket in the wolf's shirt, just as another arm lit a match. The skyrocket caught fire and... pigs arrived home, the practical pig was just rushing out to rescue them. Well, the two little pigs were so scared and so embarrassed and ashamed that they hid in the nearest piece of furniture, which happened, of course, to be the seat of the lie detector machine. Well, practical looked at them sitting there, and he mumbled, why did you go swimming? And the two naughty little pigs replied, but we didn't go swimming. Well, this big lie forced the machine to begin spanking them. Practical told them, don't worry about this lie detector machine. I want you to know that it hurts me more than it does you. Now, this wasn't exactly the truth either. And do you know what that lie detector machine did? It set out an oil and it pulled it. 
neck and began washing out his mouth with soap, too. Yeah, it taught all three of those little pigs a lesson to always tell the truth, because there's nothing worse
at blackplasticmutinyradio.fm. Listeners, we need your help as far as funding, so we would love it, absolutely love it. We'll make everything you hear coming out of here way better than it is now if you click on the website and give us some money because we need to pay bills and fix stuff. We just moved a piano, and I didn't move it personally, but I know pianos, that's like the stereotype of whatever is really heavy and you don't want to move. So whoever moved that, thanks, but... I can't find the bong. Life is so strange when you don't know how can you take. You're a rich girl.
you far.